Chapter One of the Life of Kit Carson by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kit Carson, the most famous hunter, scout, and guide ever known in this country, was a native of Kentucky, the scene of the principal exploits of Daniel Boone, Simon Kenton, the Wetzel brothers, and other heroic pioneers whose names are identified with the history of the settlement of the West. Christopher Carson was born in Madison County, December twenty-fourth, 1809, and while he was still an infant, his father removed to central Missouri, which at that day was known as Upper Louisiana. It was an immense wilderness, sparsely settled and abounding with wild animals and treacherous Indians. The father of Carson, like most of the early pioneers, divided his time between cultivating the land and hunting the game in the forests. His house was made strong, and was pierced with loopholes, so as to serve him in his defense against the red men, that were likely to attack him and his family at any hour of the day or night. In such a school was trained the wonderful scout, hunter, and guide. No advantage in the way of a common school education were within reach of the youth, situated as was Kit Carson. It is to be believed, however, that under the tutelage of his father and mother he picked up a fair knowledge of the rudimentary branches, for his attainments in that respect were above the majority of those with whom he was associated in after life. While a mere stripling, Kit became known as one of the most skillful rifle-shots in that section of Missouri which produced some of the finest marksmen in the world. It was inevitable that he should form a passion for the woods in which, like the great boon, he would have been happy to wander for days and weeks at a time. When fifteen years old, he was apprenticed to a saddler, where he stayed two years. At the end of that time, however, the confinement had become so irksome that he could stand it no longer. He left the shop and joined a company of traders, preparing to start for Santa Fe, the capital of New Mexico, one of the most interesting towns in the southwest. The majority of its population are of Spanish and Mexican origin, and speak Spanish. It is the center of supplies for the surrounding country, and is often a scene of great activity. It stands on a plateau more than a mile above the sea level, with another snow-capped mountain rising a mile higher. The climate is delightful, and the supply of water from the springs and mountains is of the finest quality. Santa Fe, when first visited by the Spaniards in 1542, was a populous Indian pueblo. It has been the capital of New Mexico for nearly two hundred and fifty years. The houses of the ancient town are made of adobe, one story high, and the streets are unpaved, narrow, crooked, and ill-looking. The inhabitants are of a low order, scarcely entitled to be ranked above the half-civilized, though of late years the infusion of western life and rugged civilization has given an impetus and character to the place for which through three centuries it waited in vain the company to which young kit carson attached himself was strongly armed and it made the perilous journey across rivers mountains and prairies through a country infested with fierce indians without the loss of one of their number this immunity was due to their vigilance and knowledge of the ways of the hostiles, who, it may be said, were on all sides, from the beginning to the end of their journey. 
After reaching Santa Fe, Carson left the party and went to Taos, a small station to the north of Santa Fe. There he stayed through the winter of 1826-27 to 27 at the home of a veteran pioneer, from whom he gained not only a valuable knowledge of the country and its people, but became familiar with the Spanish language, an attainment which proved invaluable to him in after years. In the spring he joined a party which set out for Missouri, but before reaching its destination another company of traders were met on their way to Santa Fe. Young Carson joined them, and some days later was back again in the quaint old capital of New Mexico. The youth's engagement ended with his arrival in the town, but there was nothing indolent in the nature of Carson, who immediately engaged himself as a teamster to a company about to start to El Paso on the Rio Grande, near the frontier of New Mexico. He did not stay long before drifting back to Santa Fe, and finally to Taos, where he hired out as a cook during the following winter, but had not wrought long when a wealthy trader, learning how well Carson understood the Spanish language, engaged him as interpreter. This duty compelled the youth to make another long journey to El Paso and Chihuahua, the latter being the capital of the province of the same name, and another of those ancient towns whose history forms one of the most interesting features of the country. It was founded in 1691, and a quarter of a century later, when the adjoining silver mines were in full operation, had a population of 70,000, though today it has scarcely a fifth of that number. The position of interpreter was more dignified than any yet held by Carson, and it was at his command as long as he chose to hold it. But to one of his restless nature it soon grew monotonous, and he threw it up, making his way once more to Taos. The employment most congenial to Carson's nature, and the one which he had been seeking ever since he left home, was that of hunter and trapper. The scarred veterans whom he met in the frontier and frontier posts gave him many accounts of their trapping experiences among the mountains and in the gloomy fastnesses, where, while they hunted the bear, deer, beaver, and other animals, the wild Indian hunted them. Carson had been in Taos a short time only when he gained the opportunity for which he was searching. A party of trappers in the employ of Kit's old friend had just come to Taos, having been driven from their trapping-grounds by the Indians. The employer set about raising a party strong enough to return to the trapping-grounds, chastise the hostiles, and resume business. Knowing the skill and bravery of the young Kentuckian, the gentleman made him an offer to join the party, and Kit eagerly accepted it. The Mexicans have never been particularly friendly toward their neighbors north of the Rio Grande and at that time a very strict law was in force which forbade the issuance of any license to American citizens to trap within Mexican territory. The company which mounted their horses and rode out of Taos gave the authorities to understand that their errand was simply to chastise the red men, whereas their real purpose was to engage in trapping. With a view of misleading the officers, they took a roundabout route which delayed their arrival in the section. Nevertheless, the hunters were desirous of punishing the Indians who had taken such liberties with the small party that preceded them. On one of the tributaries of the Gila, the trappers came upon the identical band whom they attacked with such fierceness that more than a dozen were killed and the rest put to flight. 
the fight was a desperate one but young as carson was he acquitted himself in a manner which won the warmest praise of those with him he was unquestionably daring skilful and sagacious and was certain if his life was spared to become one of the most valuable members of the party having driven the savages away the americans began or rather resumed their regular business of trapping the beavers were so abundant that they met with great success when the rodents seemed to diminish in number the hunters shifted their quarters pursuing their profession along the numerous streams until it was decided to divide into two parties one of which returned to new mexico while the other pushed on toward the sacramento valley in california carson accompanied the latter entering the region at that early day when no white man dreamed of the vast wealth of gold and precious metals which so crowded her soil and river beds that the wonder is the gleaming particles had not been detected many years before but as the reader knows they lay quietly at rest until that eventful day in eighteen forty eight when the secret was revealed by captain sutter's raceway and the frantic multitudes flocked thither from the four quarters of the earth End of chapter 1